Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we welcome you back to the 500 Mile Podcast. My name is Justin Kolb, alongside Michael Skinner. Michael, we had some racing this weekend for one last time in Fontana, California, potentially. Um, a very cold weekend and uh, got some different uh, vantage points this weekend. Uh, one at the track and one from TV. Yeah, I uh, I gotta say, I think it was a pretty successful weekend for for you and myself. Um, I don't think that we're gonna sit here and complain too much about about the finish to the cup race. So I think this will be a a pretty good little show here. You know, I think we're a little biased on on the finish. Yeah, just a little bit, but that's all right. So we'll uh we'll just jump straight into it. Obviously, you can probably tell by the hat, uh, the Paul Casino hat was at the track this weekend, just Sunday. Um. I did have a ticket for Saturday, um, ended up not going because I didn't think there'd be a race. And, uh, I mean, they're almost, I won't say there almost was, but I mean, they got closer than I thought they were going to get with cars on track. So I got really worried there for a second that I made the wrong decision, but I was kind of monitoring the, the weather the whole time. And I could tell that the rain was not too far away. So glad I didn't make the trip on, uh, Saturday only because that's an hour and a half drive and that wouldn't have been fun. So, um, Sunday, however, uh, was bitterly cold, 40 degrees pretty much all day. Um, that may not sound very cold to, you know, a lot of people around the country, but let me just say for Southern California, that's really cold. Um, plus, plus I will, I will sit here and contest that, uh, when I go to the Rolex every January here in the state of Florida, uh, it seems like that day is always uh, the coldest part of any Florida day ever. And it's, I don't know, I think last year, this year was a little bit warmer, but last year, I think it got down to like 32. And sitting in stands at anything under 50 degrees is really cold because, you know, when we walk around on, on you know, on the ground, you don't really feel too much wind. But as soon as you start going you know, 20, 30, 40 feet up in the air. It doesn't matter if there's no, if you can feel no wind or not. It's, there's a, there's a breeze coming from somewhere and it's cold. So I can contest that being up in those stands, it, it was probably 10, 10 degrees colder in the stands than it was standing on the ground. That's certainly what it felt like. I had my dad with me and yeah, we were both like looking at the weather. It said 40. I was like, nah, it feels, it feels colder. Yeah. Um, he was wearing three jackets cause it was that bad. I had on, uh, my blue jacket, I got this new jacket. Both of those were on for the Xfinity race. I kind of powered through the cup race, but um, yeah, I can't believe, A, we had snow on Saturday, legitimate snow, um, and it was crazy to see because like, maybe like 20 minutes away from the track, it literally looked like a whole different state, like the amount of snow that some of the places got in Fontana up there, uh, Rancho Cucamonga, I know, got some snow. It was pretty insane. It did not look like California. Um, I didn't get any of that down here. We've been getting a bunch of hail, weirdly enough, but, um, it's, uh, going into, uh, to Sunday. It was, uh, really cold. Glad we didn't get any rain on Sunday. That was all Saturday and then they probably got some Monday, but, um, obviously, uh, the news dropped Friday on that track that, um, you know, any slim chance that we thought that we may have been, you know, Maybe we could reverse the decision to sell this track was kind of all lost. Um, that deal is done. NASCAR got an estimated $544 million for that track. They only have 89 acres left. And uh, that, um, it was, 
pretty bittersweet on Sunday, you know, based off what we saw for those two races, just, you know, fantastic races, at least from where I was sitting. Um, not just because my driver won, but just the racing that we saw there in general. Um, drivers able to move to different lines, you know, move around with their car, find lines that worked for them. Um, I don't know that we have very many of those tracks left, and it was nice to see that. So, um, Two. Well, technically three. I'll give it three. Kansas, uh, Homestead, and Las Vegas. That's it. Yeah. I don't. I don't think we have another one. So it's funny. It's it's funny now how the all the good tracks are mile and a half, which you hated five years ago. Yeah, and now I this car makes yeah, it run well. I, but I think I kind of think like the most disappointing part of, of the whole Auto Club thing is, man, it, it's kind of you know. Atlanta, Atlanta's a little different, you know. They were always going to keep Atlanta there. Um, you know, it's it's part of NASCAR history for, you know, the past twenty or so years. So it's I, I, that that racetrack was never really going to leave. But uh, with Auto Club, man, we kind of just, unfortunately, as race fans, we did it to ourselves. Uh, you know, you know, twenty or so years ago, you know, which. It doesn't seem that long ago, you know, like in, in aspects, but 20 or so years ago, you know, to 10 years ago, all of the opinions on the mile and a half have, <clears throat> you know, have completely changed. It, it went back to people love mile and a half. They built 15 of them. Then, you know, they, the car became the problem. You know, right? it's, it, the racetrack was never the issue. It, you know, the different versions of cars really became the problem. Uh, I thought Auto Club raced really well with the COT. You know, I I think um, even with the with the Gen Four, I, I think Auto Club raced pretty well. Uh, unfortunately, with with the Gen Six, I feel like the Gen Six kind of ruined a lot of things for us. I think it ruined uh, you know ruined Chicago Land for us, uh, you know, and it kind of ruined a couple other places as well. But Unfortunately, man, it's, it's not the track's fault. That that track is is so much fun. Uh, I think my one wish for for Auto Club going forward is that iRacing could ever figure out a goddamn tire model um, to where you know the only preservation that we have of that racetrack is in iRacing that you know we're able to get somewhat close to to how that place raced in real life because I'm sure I'm sure watching on TV doesn't doesn't do that place near enough justice. Uh, you know, as you know, as somebody watching on TV, you you don't get the whole you don't get the whole picture, and I think that goes for a lot of other racetracks as well. You don't get the full story. There's not just you know battles for first and second and third the whole race. You know, there's battles through the top fifteen that are probably better than the battle for the lead. Uh, you know, so in, in that aspect, that's you know, but I think that a lot of that falls on a fox too. I don't think they give us the you know the widest angle to see all the action so but yeah i think i think that's the thing i'm most disappointed about is honestly we just we just did it to ourselves as as race fans we we you know took what we had for granted in, in one of the best racetracks that i think that we've ever gone to um you know kind of like you know i think it was brett griffin i think said it on on dbc you know what other racetrack are we racing five wide in the center of the corner you know, like, ah, uh, man, it, it's it's a sad day. Uh, 
like you said, I, I'm I'm glad KB won won the final one there. Um, you know, honestly, if it wasn't Kyle, I was kind of hoping it'd be Kevin. You know, just just because. But ah, uh, yeah, disappointed that we did it to ourselves. The, the one thing I gotta say is, man, I appreciate the the places that we have left. Um, I know we're all yes. pretty excited about about North Wilkesville coming back, but we can't we can't bitch and complain about the racing at Homestead, or or, or we're gonna lose that one too. Um, that I think that racetrack's been on the brink of of disaster for a couple of years now. Um, you know, once it kind of lost the the championship race, um, you know, man, uh, that that I don't know if you've ever been to Miami, but it's it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. But you know, there's it's a lot of residential areas around that, and I know a lot of people kind of kind of bitch and complain about noise and things like that, even though it's just friggin' one three days out of the year. I mean, I don't know, yeah, I can't just weekend. get the fuck over it. But, uh, but yeah, that's another one, man. You gotta, you gotta show the support. You guys gotta go out. You can't just go out for the last one and hope that saves it. Um, you gotta go out now, you know, man, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I hate losing it. I hate losing it to more industrial and, and more, you know, businesses and things like that. You, you hated seeing Chicagoland go. Cause I think Chicagoland was probably, um, you know, right up there with auto, auto club is one of the best racing racetracks that we had. So we lost that one. We lost Auto Club. We can't. We can't afford to lose anymore, or we're going to be on nothing but short tracks and and new paved super speedways. So I don't. And I, I honestly don't think that's that's the direction that we want to go, um, because it, it's clear that NASCAR isn't listening to the drivers and, and and really the teams at this point on on racetracks and where they want to go. So it's up to us as fans to keep the places that we hold near and dear to our heart. Uh, you know, to keep that going. Uh, you know, like I, Homestead eventually is going to need to repave, and by the sound of what I what uh, Denny was talking about, you know, the way they do it now is a lot of plastic and things like that, so it doesn't it doesn't wear as as fast as it used to. I mean, look at Michigan. Michigan's still basically a one groove racetrack, and it was repaved. Oh man, right around the same time Kansas was, and it has harsher weather than Kansas, I think. So, um, but yeah, just man, go to the racetrack. That's all I can say. If you have a racetrack. Um, you know, even if it doesn't produce that side by side finish every every year, go to the racetrack, go there, or it will shut down. We we're the only ones that's going to keep these places open, and and we gotta we gotta go out, we gotta spend some cash, and and you know make sure that it's there for for our kids for the next generation. Uh, because I'm I'm tired of seeing places like this go. Well, I mean that was the one solace that we can take out. Um, sold out event on Sunday. Even in, like I said, 40 degree weather. The weirdest part, and I wouldn't even say weird, the coolest part was normally people, you know, at the start of the race, they stand up for the restarts, and then maybe five laps later, they're sitting down. They were standing for 20, 30 plus laps. And I don't know, that was probably due to the cold, just trying to <laughs> get some temperature in them. But I mean, that yeah. was quite literally the case. Normally, I kind of take the hint when people start sitting down. But I mean, I would say maybe the first 50 laps of the race, I was standing up with everybody else just kind of taking it all in enjoying it um that's probably been one of the best parts about that track is you know the last few years that we've been out there the fans have really come out to support that track and i don't know if you know the coliseum the addition of that had anything to do with it especially last year when you start there then go to daytona and then come back um obviously that brings some of the fans over but I don't know how big of an impact that had, but um, was happy to see there were a ton of people in that infield or not infield the uh, you know the fan area and everything like that on Sunday. Um, 
probably a little too many, but I mean, I'd rather have that than nobody there. So it was, uh, was good to see that. Um, they saw a great race. They're probably a little cold, but I mean, the people who powered through it saw a great race. Um, and, uh, the people who stuck around saw a pretty good Xfinity race too. Um, I will say the Xfinity race was probably one of the harshest races I've ever been to in terms of the cold. Um, that was, it was pretty brutal. It was to the point cause we were, um, I posted my seat on Twitter, but we were pretty much up as high as you could go. Not up obviously where the spotters are, but basically in terms of seating as high up as you could go and, um, walking back to the car, I could barely feel my legs just cause it was that cold. So, um, but I'm, I'm glad I stuck around. Um, glad I got to stay at that place until, you know, final moments. I'm going to miss that place. Um, definitely a part of my childhood, um, Mine too. adult adulthood, um, and, uh, a very special place in my heart, but, um, you know, is what it is at this point. It's officially gone. Um, I am kind of in, you know, Denny made a comment on, his podcast about not knowing if it's going to come back thinking it's done. I'm unfortunately kind of in that same boat at this point. Um, and that really just comes from the fact that there's been no news or anything brought up on that track. We had the one render, I guess the run one blueprint that came out, what a year ago at this point, And we haven't heard anything since. Um, I heard, I forget what news article it was from or what um publishing it was from but uh the president of auto club speedway basically just said that there's nothing essentially just said there's nothing really to announce yet and he hopes that you know as the year goes on that he can announce stuff but i mean that doesn't leave you with a whole bunch of hope for a track that you know just announced that most of its land is sold and there's no real plan for the future at this point so it just doesn't leave you with a lot of optimism that we're going to be building in that area again. And, you know, in all honesty, that area that it's in, it's quite literally just all industrial. Um, sure. You got some things building up around near it, but in all honesty, you get off that 10 freeway and that's pretty much all you see a bunch of truck stops, factories, warehouses. And for whatever reason, there's a big old racetrack in the middle of that. So, um, you know, we could, pick up move somewhere else we could build a short track in there um i guess we're just gonna have to kind of wait and see but i don't unfortunately have a lot of hope based off what everything i've read that you know we will be coming back there obviously we know we're not coming back next year but i honestly don't even know what you know if there is going to be a future on that plot of land for nascar anymore so we'll uh we'll just have to keep our ears to the ground for the rest of the year unfortunately um, you know, the one thing I, I can take from that is I kind of agree with Junior, um, what he said on, on the download, uh, yesterday is why would NASCAR at, I mean, at four, at 544 million that they sold it for, um, that other 90 acres was probably worth probably another hundred million maybe. Um, so why would NASCAR leave that really on the table if they weren't going to try to use it for something? I don't, I, I, I think I think NASCAR has a plan for it. Um, I think right now, you know, we kind of talked about it earlier. I think the biggest question now is what are they going to do with it? Um, I mean, we've, you know, we kind of talked about it earlier. We, it could be a half mile, could be a three fourths mile, 
could be a mile. I mean, we we honestly don't know. It could be, um, it, it could be a, a mile Martinsville. Who knows? Uh, who really knows at this point? The only thing we do know is it's not going to be a super speedway, a mile and a half, or a road course. So at least we can take sauce in that. You know, we're not getting another damn road course. I guess, yeah, that is but, true. But you know. The fact that they still own that piece of land and they didn't sell it, it wasn't part of the deal, and then they made the deal to lease, um, you know, a little bit of property for parking, does kind of give me hope that maybe they'll they'll do something. Um, I think my biggest concern now is just what kind of racetrack are we going to get? Not so much as if we're going to go back. I definitely think that NASCAR wants to be in LA. I think they desperately think that they need to be in LA. Um, so I think that they'll do what what they can to be in, in, in the LA market. Um, because I, I the clash isn't going to be a points paying race. I'm sorry. They, they just, they can't, they, they can't, can't make the Coliseum a points paying race. It's it's ridiculous. And I think NASCAR would lose all credibility if they did something, something ridiculously stupid like that. It's um, fun as an exhibition, but it cannot be a points race. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's, it's fun for what it is. That's like making an all-star game, you know, in baseball or football worth, I don't know, playoff you know playoff spot or something for for the winning uh the winning side you know one automatic berth or something so yeah definitely definitely you know interesting to see where it goes from here uh you know i racing is going to be involved uh heavily here especially with the last few racetracks uh that have been redone um so yeah so i i, I think that'll be something to look forward to i know justin um you're pretty upset about losing the two mile oval but I think that maybe something new will be something nice. Um, I heard that the racetrack was pretty outdated with amenities and things like that. So it, it definitely was because I mean, I, I was texting you and it was, that was pretty shitty. much all I could do. <laughs> I've tried to yeah. post a picture of my seat and it ended up going out 20 minutes later. Yeah. I will say so, though, in all fairness, once everybody left for the cup race and the Xfinity race started, service is great. Service, service is great. Hey, but you, you know, I, I just, that's going to be one thing that they're definitely going to have to take care of, and all tracks should be doing that at this point. If you can't send out a tweet on race day, what are we doing? That's get, true. Spend that extra money. Just get Wi-Fi at the track. We can't. It's 2023. That that's quite literally not an option anymore. But I think all that will come with with a new track, um, you know, and, and new stuff. I was kind of worried when when I heard that they wanted to keep the front stretch grandstands and things like that. When I think that's that's honestly, I think that's the last thing you want to do. You got they need to fully rebuild um rebuild that place you know kind of yeah. like they did daytona a couple of years ago they rebuilt all the grandstands and things like that it's super nice the amenities are nice chairs are nice uh um, nobody wants to sit on metal bleachers anymore let me tell you yeah and, and i think the one thing too is that the, the not even the nice seats by the way were were good they were still metal like the, the seats i yeah. set up for the xfinity race way up high they were still metal like what yeah. the hell the one thing too is like once you get like the nice seats, the stands looked more packed. There'll actually be less less people in the stands, but for TV reference, it will look much much more packed. And then note they will not have to defend themselves when they say that it is a sold out crowd and half the seats up top are empty. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, no, um, yeah, I, I think I'll get worried if we get to the end of the year and we hear nothing. If we get to the end of the year and we hear nothing, then I'll be like, ah, it's not looking too good, but. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I think I think it'll be good. Um, I think it'll be good in the long run. I think NASCAR is going to work really, really hard on the short track package. 
uh, within the next two, three years to get it to where uh, I think they want it to be. Um, I don't think Groove Tires is the way to go. I think that's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Well, why don't we just um, kind of segue less, into the changes? Less horsepower is ridiculous. But so why don't we just yeah. segue into the uh, the short track package? They they did make some changes this week. Um, yes, announced it at least. Um, I'm not sure if you have all the details to that, but I mean, at least to me, I'm gonna have to see it before I make an opinion on it. But um, they did make some seem like significant changes with the uh, underbody. I know they made some changes with the spoiler. Um, and I mean, again, we'll have yeah, to so see they, it on track, but go ahead. So they took away uh, the strikes from uh, the diffuser, which I think that the diffuser, I, I, I said last year, I think the diffuser, you know, we were sitting here seven months ago coming off of, what was it, Richmond 2 maybe? And, um, and I said that they need to just get rid of the diffuser anyways. So I don't, I don't think with this car, I'm not, I don't think that that is a option, but I think getting rid of the strikes in the middle is a first sign. And they also made, um, my phone is not cooperating or I'd pull up the exact thing, but, um, I know the strikes on the side of the diffuser are also going to be much shorter than, um, than they were last year and they are at regular racetracks. Uh, so they also changed the in engine panel strakes as well. The diffuser strakes uh, on the sides and in the middle, and they reduce the spoiler to a two inch uh, rear spoiler. So I know there's options out there that if this doesn't work, they may go no, no spoiler, um, which again, most of the downforce is generated by uh, the diffuser anyways. But definitely, um, if you guys want to know the exact things and laid out like an engineer would tell you, you need to follow um, Bozzy on Twitter. He is got oh, all the information. Um, yeah, he, he's literally the man. I mean, the guy has diagrams, everything, literally, of what it's going to look like, what it's not going to look like. Um, so I'll see. So, like, here is kind of what's going to be there uh, and then what's going to be taken off. You can see there the spoiler is getting smaller as well as the diffuser rakes are going to vanish. Um, it says it'll take around 30% downforce away from what it had. I I I still think the package is going to struggle. Um, I think the biggest problem is just we have such wide tires and such big brakes that that kind of will take away. Downforce, the downforce is, is somewhat important. You know, but I you can you could give that thirty percent downforce back, and give them smaller tires and worse brakes, and it would produce better racing with the same amount of downforce. Um, I mean, look at how much downforce the Gen Six produced at, at everywhere. You know, so I can I, I we got to figure out the tires. Uh, the tires are too wide; they're too good. That's that's the main problem. Uh, you know, and, and us as race fans, we want tires that wear out. But then we complain about, you know, how Richmond raced last year where tires ultimately won versus, you know, a different tire strategy. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the biggest problem is the tires. Goodyear can't make a tire that wears too bad or it makes them look bad. Uh, you know, fans want door-to-door -door racing, but we also want comers and goers. Us as race fans, man, we're, 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 we're you know, a finicky group, you know. I'd hate to see some of our wives and girlfriends and how much we nitpick anything they do. That's all I'm saying. But 
uh, I think I think those are positive changes. I think they're going in the right direction. Um, I think the tires and the brakes are probably the biggest problem. Maybe even just give them uh, smaller brakes, make the brake zones a little bit bigger. Um, but my personal opinion, I think the racing will be the same. I don't think it'll be any different. I think it'll look exactly the same. If you told me that there was a difference in the package, I probably wouldn't believe you when we go to um, Rich. We go to Martinsville or Richmond first. Martinsville. I am looking that up right now. I think it's Martinsville. I think we go to Mar- Martinsville first. But yeah, so I guess technically we're, we're going to go to Phoenix first. Eh, is that's that not, not really part? Sh- that's not really short. I mean, yes and no, but I think the corners there are too fast. I think I think Phoenix always put on puts on shitty ass racing, anyways. I'll have to verify if that's part of that package. I feel like it is, um, but you can check but on that. The only time Phoenix put on good racing was in the Gen Four era. Let's, I mean, let's be honest. That's fair. Um, honestly, and it wasn't, and it had nothing to do with the Gen Four. To be honest with you, it was the racetrack. The racetrack was better. I don't know why they reconfigured it. Um, they could have just moved the start finish line without all the taking away all the grass and things like that. Because now we just slam onto the apron and do all that dumb shit. But no, well. All right. So this next topic, Michael, I want both of us to take off our bias hats here because, um, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Kyle Busch, fast at the the clash, could have won it. I mean, if he didn't get spun out, it's debatable. He was fast at the Clash, fast in the 500, and won, won it the five, we, we won the 500. We won the Daytona 500. We just didn't win the Daytona 529. This is true. Um, but very fast out of the gate. I'm very aware we have a very long season ahead of us that doesn't end until November. However, what did I tell, this... what did I tell you last week? What did I tell you last week? I don't even remember. Where did we have... Where do we have to go to first before I was like, okay, I think we're going to be all right. Phoenix. We got to go to Phoenix and we have to perform. If we run 20th at Phoenix, it doesn't matter how good we do the rest of the year. We get to Phoenix, we'll suck. Doesn't matter. Um, like I said, we we are moving. So I, I kind of look at it like this. If you go back and look at Kyle's career as a whole, um, if you look at like the first say first half of his career uh you know his best racetracks which were a lot of joe gibbs best racetracks were the short tracks uh you know they won at dover they won at richmond they won at martinsville a lot um they won at bristol a lot joe gibbs was kind of known as that short track race team they, that that's where they performed well then once uh you know once jimmy so basically like in the 2010s Jimmy Johnson won so many of his championships because he was so good on the mile and a half. Yes, he was a good short track racer, but he finished top five at every mile and a half. That's where he won his championships, right? Because the last 10 races were built up of what? Eight, eight mile and a half at some point, at one point. So that's where, you know, that's where he won his, that's where he won the championships when he was being at the, good at the mile and a half. So then if you kind of look over his career, his short track numbers have actually slowed down significantly from where they were at. They started picking up on the two mile ovals, on the mile and a half um and things like that i mean when's the last time that he won at richmond 2012 i think and that was one of, i mean that that was by far his best racetrack at one point in time the guy had an average finish of like 4.9 through the first 12 years of i think his career so 
Um, but since then, he still runs pretty well there, but he just hasn't hasn't really he hasn't won. I think his last one go was back. 2018, actually. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He came. He came. Both of them in 2018. He came from last. Both races, ironic theme. Yeah, that, but that's right. my but th- my point. I, I get what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. The mile and a half became a bigger factor for uh, the schedule, right? Joe Gibbs yep. focused more on the mile and a halfs. They significantly got better, and I think by the by last year, you they were the best team on mile and a half. Right? Their car wasn't very good anywhere else except for the mile and a halfs and Pocono. Right? They weren't very good on road courses. They weren't good at short tracks. They were good at mile and a halfs. So now roll over into 2023, and it's kind of the same argument that I brought up earlier when we were talking. Let's go back to like a 1995 schedule. We're losing like. At this point, I think twenty five percent of our mile and a halfs because you can't really count Atlanta anymore. So, what mile and a halfs do you have left? So, yes, they're important, and those need to be you need to be really good at those. Which I think Kyle will be good this weekend. I think when we go to Kansas, Kyle will be good. I think when we go to Pocono, Kyle will be good. I don't have a concern at those racetracks, right? I think when he goes to Texas, I think they'll be good, right? The eight car won the last Texas race last year. My concern are the short tracks. You're going to have to win a short track in the chase or the playoffs, whatever they call it now. You're going to have to win a playoff uh, short track race to win a championship. And that's the end of it, right? The first round, uh, what is the first round? End with Bristol, I think. First round, I think, ends with with Bristol, right? Um, The next round... What is it? The next round actually, I think, has Super Speedway, a uh, mile and a half, and the Roval. I think. Uh, yeah, Texas, Talladega, and then the Roval. Right, and then we go into the next round. Then you have Martinsville in Phoenix. Right, those those are kind of the two that are uh, left. Vegas home, yeah, yeah, Vegas Homestead, then Martinsville, then Martinsville Phoenix. Phoenix. So, you're gonna have to win one. You're gonna have to be. You're gonna have to win a short track race to win the championship. In the final ten races, you're gonna have to win at one. Um, that's that's kind of my opinion. Throughout the year, if you're gonna want to get as many stage points as possible to you know bump those up, kind of like Kyle said in his post race press conference, every year he's won the championship. It's because he had a lot of playoff points, right? He didn't have to worry about winning. He did go out there and win some races, but at the end of the day, his two championships, he didn't win. His last win before his championship win at Homestead, I think, was in July. Right, but he built up so many playoff points from wins early in the season that he made it to the championship four. You're gonna have to do that, but now it's not mile and a half; it is now at road courses and short tracks. So Phoenix is gonna be a big one for me, and so is Coda. If we go to Coda and we go to Phoenix, and I think we finish top five both races, I will say that he will do extremely well this year. Um, so, but yeah, I'm super happy. Don't get me wrong; I I, I loved every second of it. Um, I don't think that I prayed for caution less in the last 20 laps than I ever have in my you life. You both. Because I both. was literally just waiting on it, and there was like five cars that hit a wall. He almost got Eric Jones again. He almost got Brad keselowski And I was like, just, you know, at one point in time, I was like, can everybody just get away from the friggin' wall? What do you have to gain at this point? Um, I don't think I've celebrated harder for a white flag to come out. I'm not going to oh, lie to you. Dude, I, listen, I you you and me both... You know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I just want to get to the white flag. 
luckily TV is behind Twitter. Um, so I was able to refresh Twitter those last five laps a little quicker than I was to watch TV. So when we got to the white flag, I was pretty content. Uh, I think there was still like four laps left on TV uh, when Twitter got the white flag. So, but yeah, I'm super pumped, man. Listen, I, I think this is huge. I think it's huge for Kyle's confidence. I think it's huge for Randall Burnett's confidence in Kyle. Um, I think it's huge for spotter, uh, you know, race car driver communication. They learned a lot this weekend. Kyle kind of chewed him out a little bit. Uh, you know, he they did. I listened to that live. Other. He was that was that was interesting. Came out of nowhere. It's, so, yeah, I, it, it's really good. I I think the measuring stick. We have to make we have to make it past Phoenix. Um, if we run top five, top ten, Las Vegas, and we go out and run top five at phoenix i think that the rest of the year is going to be really really good um because i think once once they start building momentum and things like that i think it's going to be really really tough to stop them um it kind of it kind of reminds me of like a 2008 kind of vibe when kyle won so early at joker's racing and then it just kind of snowballed from there right they ran really good at daytona they ran really good um i don't remember what the second race was back then um you know, anyways, they got to Atlanta, right? And they finally broke through, and then they kind of went on a tear. And I think they won, uh, like, three out of the next eight races or so. So I think we're kind of looking at a similar situation like that, if they can make it through the West Coast swing in a really, really good spot. The one thing I will say that is a massive, massive difference between the race on Sunday and from 2020, well, from 2020 till 2022 at Joe Gibbs Racing, right? In 2020, they couldn't figure out how to do a simulation to save their life, and they were just awful off the trailer, right? Um, the thing that made him and uh, Ben Stevens so good when they first got together was... Oh, Adam. Adam Stevens, sorry. Adam, they could make the car better, right? Even in 2020, they didn't. They, they qualified 30th, right? But they'd finished in the top 10, but it took them so long to get the car right because they didn't have practice, right? So... It's not like they didn't run run well in twenty twenty. They just could never qualify good enough to win a race. Um, so then we go to you know twenty twenty one, and then Bayshore takes over. He couldn't make a car better to save his life. He actually, I think, made the car worse throughout the race. I mean, I just in all honesty, he kind of did. Kind of you know, kind of remind me of some of Kyle's old crew chiefs. You know, uh, I think Steve Addington was a good example. I don't think he ever made a car any better for Kyle. I just think it was always the same or just good enough um but the one thing that i saw and you know i kind of texted you throughout the race that i don't think that car off the truck was a winning race car right i think the one car off the truck was the winning race car but the one thing that i will say and even ross chastain said it that eight car got better right it got better there was a point in time where he was running six, and I'm like, hey, I, th- I think that's the best that that car's got. And I was okay with it. But it got better. He got super loose on that long run, right? Um, at the end, they're trying to chase down Ross Chastain. Kyle told him what they needed. Randall made the adjustment. The car got better. It did not have that at the end. So that is my biggest takeaway from that, is if they can do that throughout the year and just make the race car better, I, I think they're going to qualify top 10, top 15 all year. But if they can make that car better every week 
when those adjustments are so vital, right? I think that is the most important part. Kind of like kind of like the nine car this week, right? The nine car came off the trailer, wasn't as good as the eight car was or the one car. But by the end of the race, the nine car was just as good as the eight car. So those are the two things that I look at is, does the car get better? And how much better does it get? So again, if we can go to Las Vegas and we can go to Phoenix and make that car better from where it started, again, we'll have a good year. That's kind of my my opinion on that. Good win. I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, I I couldn't have been more happy on Sunday. Um, let me tell you, but I still have reservations to where this season is going to go. Fair enough. And just to add on to, you know, the communication that you were talking about, listening to it the entire race, I honestly really liked um, you know, that team dynamic. Randall was uh was pretty loose on the radio asked at one point if Kyle was all right. Cause he didn't say anything like he never talked on the radio and Kyle was like, you guys just don't know me yet. And uh, you know, Derek on the, uh, the spotter stand I felt made it or kept it really positive on the radio. Um, not just telling him, you know, what was going on, but encouraging him to, to keep going on, keep moving forward. Um, I think that team, like you said, we're going to have to see how they finish out the West coast swing here, but I mean, if they can finish it off as a positive, that team is going to be pretty scary this year, I feel. Because, I mean, Kyle seems like he's in a better place mentally. Um, that team was already stellar last year. And, I mean, for Kyle to just kind of plug in there and for them to take off that quick, it's uh, it's already looking pretty good. But, like you said, we'll have to wait and see how they do down the road here. Um, just to kind of piggyback off that, I mean, going to be honest with you, sitting in the stands, there were a lot of people cheering. At the end of that, quite a lot of people. I know a lot of people that, have made a big deal about this. Tie. It's yeah. a bow tie brigade. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I was already driving. I have a Camaro out there. I already have a Chevy backpack. That was the one thing missing from my fandom was for him to come back, and now I have it, and everything is complete. So I honestly do think no, because, I mean, people say it all the time. They've said it for years, the, the cheating Toyotas or whatever. Toyota not in my opinion, but in the eyes of a lot of other fans that they're not very popular in the sport. Um, and since he has transitioned over from, you know, Chevy and especially RCR, um, I'm fan favorite. I'm telling yeah, you, going to win yeah, that. I'm not going to win that fan vote this year. I'm not too surprised that people are a lot. Um, I don't know the proper word, not happier, but they're a lot. He's, he's more tolerable. I guess yeah. is the best word to use for that. I do. I do have one more thing to go back to the, um, you know, that didn't take KB long conversation that we were having. Are we, are we surprised or shocked that the eight car was as good as it was after last year? Right. And then there's going to be a two part question for you, Justin. So are we surprised that the eight car was as good as it was? And then does that kind of blueprint blueprint the rest of the season? Um, like if we go to Kansas, are the 2311 cars going to be the best? Are we going to go to the road courses and the eight car going to be the best at the races that it won? Um, is it going to be kind of a blueprint for the rest of the season that the teams that were already good at these racetracks are just going to mimic that? with this race car. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to watch. I mean that the fact that, you know, 
I kind of do forget, or I did forget going into it until everybody pointed it out that that eight car was pretty much lights out last year at that track until he kind of, I guess, blew a, you know, a tire there right, on the back right, straightaway. Yeah. And I think he led like 90 laps yeah. before, uh, before the final stage. So, but even at the clash, that car was fast last year too, before yep. it just up and broke. So, I mean, that's, that's one thing that I didn't even really consider going into it. And I mean, now looking at it, it kind of makes you think, yeah, I mean, it very well could be that a lot of the cars that did well at certain tracks last year could just pick up right where they left off. But a counterpoint to that is they've learned so much from these cars. Randall even said that the setup they had on Sunday was completely different from what they had a year ago. So um not saying that that makes any sort of difference. I'm just saying the amount of knowledge that you have with these cars um, definitely takes into effect with that. Um, obviously, we know like... Roush Fenway really picked up their road course prowess last year. They could pick up with that, um, could add into a lot of other packages this year, short track, um, stuff like that. So, I mean, we'll have to go, as you said, we'll have to get into a few races this season to really figure out where everybody is. But um, that would kind of be my thought is guys that were good at certain places last year are probably going to pick up right where they left off. Um, there could be some hiccups here and there. Like, are, but... we, are we surprised that Toyota wasn't very good? And they had similar issues to the ones they had last year, overheating. Like that, I think. I think that's my question, right? It's almost like we had an exact. It's almost like the race played out exactly how it would have played out had, you know, the eight car won. Yeah. You had you had a Joe Gibbs car that was two laps down that came back to finish eleventh. I think Kyle finished like thirteenth last year, after being a couple of laps down. It, it's like it just it just reminded me so much of last year's race. Yeah. Right, Elliot. Elliot was really Elliot good. Was up the, there, five, yep. the five, the five car was really was fast. really fast at the end of that race. If he didn't yeah. have his engine issues to start, he was probably going to be a factor in that. Yeah, um, the five car was really fast. It just it, it kind of seemed like the same players from last year, right? So if we go to Las Vegas and the fifty four, the eleven, the nineteen, if they're running one, two, three, you know, are we going to say okay, this is deja vu, right? And then are we going to go down a rabbit hole for the rest of the season? Right. It's almost like, do we need something to break away from last year to get us kind of straightened out for this year? I mean, that could just happen naturally, too. You know, as we go to these racetracks, you know, a second, <laughs> third time with these new cars, um, you're only going to learn more. So um, it very well could be that maybe at the beginning of the season, we start to see, you know, more of the same. But I would imagine by the end of the season, at least, we're probably going to be seeing some sort of differences, maybe not monumental differences in, you know, where everybody's at. But I would imagine you'd probably see some differences. Um, but it doesn't necessarily surprise me thinking about it now, this early in, that we're kind of seeing the same players, um, at the same place that they were last year, especially with some of these tracks that we only went to once last year, like Auto Club. We only went there once last year and kind of saw all the same players. I mean, you have Michigan that we go to as well, but that's arguably not the same track because it's not, you know, you drive those completely different because one just got recently repaved where one has been stuck in the 90s for 26 years. I guess not anymore, but um, yeah, I mean, that's going to be really interesting to kind of watch as we go through the season how people adjust if there's people that you know make gains or fall behind or stuff like that so um it's definitely gonna be fascinating yeah that's why i kind of wanted to bring it up it's you know just some similarities and things like that <clears throat> you know things that we saw last year right so 
we go to Texas for the all-star race. Yes, the 18 car was fast, but I think, I honestly think the best car there was the eight car <clears throat> for the all-star race, but he kind of crashed himself. And then who wins at Texas when we go back in November? The eight car. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be rather, it's going to be rather interesting to see if these teams that were good at these places last year are just going to pick up where they left off. Uh, like, would I be shocked if 2311 goes and wins Kansas? No. But I would be kind of scratching my head to see if maybe that's kind of how the racing is just going to evolve. That once you hit on something somewhere, it's kind of yours yeah. type of thing. So, because, I mean, it, it, there's no, it, I don't know. I just, it's hard for me to believe that there's a coincidence that the eight car was fast at California last year fast this year was fast at texas for the also race wins the race in in november 23 11 wins both both kansas races you know there's always going to be those outliers but like it just seems like there's a very solid common common denominator you know, exactly yeah. yeah so definitely be something to be interested in again man i i think the i think the biggest tale for how the season's gonna go is going to be um and it's it's gonna be Phoenix. That's that's gonna be the biggest one for me. If we go out there, like I said, if, if KB runs top five, I think anybody in the top five there, if they leave there um with a top five finish, I think everybody's gonna be gonna be super confident. Um we'll just kinda see how it goes from there. That may be well I was gonna say that may be the one outlier because I don't know if anybody from Phoenix One <laughs> ran the same in Phoenix Two, maybe other than Ross, but I know it was a completely different situation. So, all right, well, I think that's uh, unfortunately it for Auto Club at this point. Um, I guess we can move on to uh, to Vegas and what's going on there. Obviously, we got a, a triple header this weekend. Our boy is gonna be in all three, making his um, exit from retirement out of Xfinity this weekend. I'm really glad that I bought that five pack from his 2021 campaign and thought that was going to be Boo. it. Yeah. Boo. I don't know. I just don't like it. I don't want to hurt that win percentage. Yeah. It's, oh. it's, it's probably going to take a little dip, but I do think that he could probably make that team a lot better. I don't know. So what? he's going to go out and win all three and make us look real stupid. I think so. I think oh, he's, uh, he's just built you, different this year. If he goes and wins all three races at Las Vegas, I I will just put him down as the champion. You're gonna put him in I'll, the I'll four right there. No, no, I'll just put him you down. Put him I'll put one. I'll put just one and put down Kyle Bush. Yeah. And it's not even because I'm a fan. If if the guy can switch teams, switch manufacturers, and go and just win everything, right? I mean, I, I don't know. It's. I don't know, man. This could be a scary Kyle Bush. I think everybody. I think everybody's right. I, I think. I think we are on the on the breaking edge of something very, very, very interesting. It does, like I said, man. Kind of brings me that, that back to that two thousand and eight vibe. It didn't end very well, but and if if we could get, listen, listen. I told you. I told you last year that my goal. He he kind of he kind of fucked it up for the last three years, but. Man, the goal's got to be seventy six. We got to get to seventy six before he retires. Oh, he's he's gonna get there. We got we got to. I don't know. I don't know. You got to think that's fifteen wins. My man's got eight to ten more years left. I don't know about ten. Ten's like forty seven. I think he's got like five years left. So I think he's got till forty three. 
I, and that's six, actually. I can't even do math. <laughs> uh, well, all I'm, all I'm going to say is I made my championship prediction in 2021 at Las Vegas, and I was correct. All I'm, so we'll, uh, all I'm saying, all I'm saying with that is that can you imagine if Kyle gets 76, which we all know what 76 wins is. Yep. At RCR in an RCR race car. Would be Could rather be sure. interesting. Um, Indeed. But yeah, all right. So, uh, all right. I, I, listen, you you won. You won. Uh, you won. Called my won shot. The race last week. You called your shot. No, you get to pick first. Oh, I get to pick. Oh, okay. I was going to let you pick you first, get, but all right. No, no. Winner, winner picks first. I mean, I could just go back to back here, but I'm not going to do that. Um, man, oh, man, oh, man. Oh, I, I th- all right, all right, all right. So should we make it interesting? If that driver wins, you can't pick them until the playoffs. I don't like that rule. <laughs> all right, all right, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. I'm not going to pick him again for a while, I don't think, unless something <laughs> monumental happens. But um, I think I'm going to steal your pick from last week um with truex for the actually are we starting with cup or what are we doing here ah which, no we which way are we going we gotta, we gotta start with the nas trucks okay we'll go uh the craftsman truck series i'm so glad we get to say that again uh this one i'm gonna have to look through a little bit um man i could just pick uh well Maybe not Zane. I'm going to pick John Hunter Nemechek, actually. That was actually going to be my pick. Well, I'm doing it again. Two weeks in a row, yep. I'm just stealing them right from under you. Except this week, you gave me the, the opportunity. So. Yep, yep, yep. That's true, but that's what I get for losing. Um, so sure. Ah, <clears throat> oh, man. Um, man. You know, John Hunter Nemechek was, was going to be my, my first pick. But I, I don't know, man. How good are they going to be? That that is my question. Yeah, um, it is a a fair question as well. Could just I pick your man. I mean, we've you, <laughs> you made your call that he was gonna sweep it. Uh, no, I actually I actually think that this is going to be the week the weekend that Carson Hosefar wins. Man, all right. We'll have to see. He's not. Uh, he said that he was retiring the hats until he went to Victory Lane. So, to see. If you're not aware, he would wear different types of hats every week if you weren't on Twitter. But yeah, wear a bunch of goofy hats. All right, uh, Saturday. Hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna pick Sammy Smith. That man showed a lot of promise this week. Oh, that's a good pick. Um, raced pretty smart. Last week, not going to lie. Um, I know he got spun out there, but I mean, kind of watching him and Josh Berry go at it, he was, uh, he, he's definitely going to win a few races this year, is what I will say. Listen, listen, Josh Berry hit everything but the pace car. I, that was so interesting, just kind of watching him go into turn one, not seeing him again, and then just listening to, uh, to TJ say hold the hold the brakes and then yeah just completely destroying Reddick and then almost going to heaven on the front straightaway so as uh, <clears throat> as Joe Lagana said he smushed him yep smushed All I heard right. that uh, I heard that Joey said oh jeepers on the broadcast this week by the yes, way is he did. true wow by the way by the way how is it that 
how is it that the lower the lower series not only has the better race car, has the faster race car, and has the better booth? How is it that we just don't get rid of the Cup Series and just have Xfinity full time? Because you because you can't have Cup drivers in the Cup booth because they're racing. But yeah, um, but you can't find somebody else. <sighs> Man, as much as I love Mike Joy, I'm not going to lie to you. As much as I love Mike Joy, man, like, Double A just brings so much more energy to that booth. Yeah. And I'm not trying to put Mike Joy down at all because that man was my childhood. I love him to death. But just listening to... retire. He... Yeah, like, maybe maybe this year should be his last. I'm not trying to force him to retirement. Like I said, I love him. But Adam Alexander just recently can bring so much more energy into a booth, I feel. But he's definitely going to be the replacement once Mike goes, but kind of ha- do have to question how much longer Mike's going to go. Maybe he'll give it one more year with Clinton Harvick in the booth and see how it works out, but I hope that's not. just kind of my opinion. I do like All that right. he's doing the trucks now, um, yeah. and I'm going to be honest, I think Jamie Little should just stay on pit road because she is a wonderful pit road reporter. In the booth, she's not fantastic, but that's all I'm going to say. I love her on pit road though. Don't, don't ever, don't ever let her go there. All right. So I want to go, I want to actually go back to California for a second. Right. Just, just kind of a quick. All right. Ironic thing. Right. I kind of, I texted you this, right. But I didn't get your opinion on it. So Kyle, right. Wins the cup race Mm -hmm. and Ben Bayshore wins on the same day. Is that not ironic? Like, come on. I'm pretty That's sure you, Man, like, I feel like you could have stuck anybody in those Joe Gibbs cars, and they could have won no matter what crew chief was in there. But it's... Come on. You can't say that it's not like... Oh, I didn't ironic. even know that he was still crew chiefing, honestly, until you sent that. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I didn't send yeah. anything back because I don't really care about that man anymore. He can... It is <laughs> kind of funny. All I care. It is funny, but that man can kick rocks. <laughs> all right. So, um, here's my question to you justin all right are they gonna be running the wall at las vegas how far up the racetrack are we gonna go that is a good question because i have multiple different winners depending on what lane we're gonna run oh boy well you don't have options unfortunately <laughs> you don't right. have a backup plan if we run the wall i think cole custer is gonna win yeah but, but i also run... feel like you could just put cole custer in for any week and I mean, he could probably bring you. Uh, I don't know, but if we run the bottom, I think Joe Gibbs cars are gonna win. Oh, I really, I, really I think don't. I think it's probably, I think it's probably gonna be a bottom. If I, if I had to give you an answer, uh, I think it's gonna be the bottom. I really, I really don't want to pick Ben Basher and Jonathan Nemechek, and I really don't want to pick Joe Graf. Ugh. Again, he right, texted option. me. Mike, Michael texted me that Joe Graf was in the race. I was like, dude, I quite literally forgot about him. <laughs> Hey, he got a good finish. You know, I got to admit, he got a good finish. But yeah, I think he finished finished like top 13 or something. That's pretty good for him. But still, I mean, that dude dropped like a rock. Ah, man, this is a tough one. Uh... You know what? You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick the 10 car. Okay. All Just because right. I, 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 Cole Custer, I don't know. 
and I can't, I just can't, I can't pick, I can't, I can't physically pick a Joe Gibbs racing car anymore, especially one that has Ben Bayshore on it. And then my other other choice is Joe Graf Jr. I mean, the dude literally won last week, though. Yes, but I just don't like Ben Bayshore. Fair enough. I quite literally said the same thing a minute ago. I I like John Hunter Nemechek. I just don't like Ben Bayshore. This is fair. This is fair. Call me, call me petty. Okay. Not, not to get off track here. Not to get off track here, but I also did not like Dave Rogers. I never got your opinion on Dave Rogers. Did you like him? Dave Rogers kind of remind me, reminded me of Ben Bayshore. That's that's how I felt. Okay. The car. Look, listen. The cars that that Dave Rogers brought out of the shop for Kyle were really good. Like we won quite a few races races with Dave Rogers, but we couldn't make bad cars better. Right, that that's been the difference in Kyle's career. Right, he started winning championships when Adam Stevens made cars better. That's the difference, in my opinion. They just never made cars better. Yeah, that's fair. All right, well, I already said who I'm picking for the Cup race in Truex, so uh, I will let you go. Also, is it weird to you yet? Not that you had to type it out. That we're just for Kyle, we're just putting down Bush instead of Kai Bush. Has that sunk in yet? Uh not really. I don't know. I never really kind of looked at them as Koo and Kai, I guess. <laughs> I kind of just always knew, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. That's um, ah, let's see. Ty Dillon's looking really good. That's a way to lose very quickly. Two two engines blowing back. Bro, come on. Like, there's no way Ty Dillon can be that bad. Like, dude, he was pretty good I... in the 13 car. He was. And then so he much. just dropped like a rock and everything else. Oh. It sucks because he's my favorite out of the two, but poor guy just can't catch a break oh man i had so many good choices here oh i am as much as it pain as much as it really pains me like it really pains me to do this i think i'm gonna pick no i think i'm gonna pick joey logano okay that's a good pick He's got that yeah, uh, good pick. Good pick. that Steve Park looking car this week. Good looking car. It looks looks real good. My other, my, I think my other choice was was like Ross Chastain, but I I dislike Ross Chastain a little more than I dislike Joey Logano. That's fair. I was thinking you may have gone with Tyler. Not gonna lie, but ah, uh, dude, I, the guy has four points. Like four points in general. I mean, that to yeah, be fair, he has he's record- four points. It was not a very good two weeks for him. So, I mean, last week or Daytona, he wrecked out, and then this week he ended up in the infield. So, ah. I will ah. point out, by the way, that it was nice to see those cars, not in the grass, but like when Brad got spun out. I don't know if he actually had it flat is- tires, but it was nice to see them be able to just drive away from it rather than having I mean, to get towed back or pushed. Yeah. But also, what was nice is when we went through the grass, they didn't look like Brandon Jones's car. This is true. This is very true. Speaking of Brandon Jones, can that guy not spin off turn four at California? Like, because he was like, I got to do it one more time for old time's sake. Yeah. I think the only thing that's going to be cemented in my mind is that bright yellow car spinning off turn four every year. That's fair. A memorable sight. All right. Well, I think that'll that'll do it here. Got all our picks done. And yeah. Also, real, real quick. Formula One is back this week at Bahrain on Sunday, and IndyCar is in St. Pete as well on Sunday. So 
We got a bunch of racing back. It is officially 100% back to being race season. Hell yeah. We love to hear it. All right. Well, uh, I think that'll do it for us here. Uh, Michael, send us home. Oh, as always, thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Please hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. It really does help us out. But as always, my name's Michael. His name is Justin, and we will talk to you same time next week. Bye.